0: Around the NFL Podcast. Smells like middle-aged spirit.
1: From the Chris Wesseling Podcast Studio. My name is Greg Rosenthal. In a room stuffed with heroes here, we've got Mark Sessler, Patrick Claibon, and for the first time in the Chris Wesseling Podcast Studio, yeah. one of the most powerful men in the NFL who roots for one of the most powerful teams, the Miami Dolphins? That's right. It's Henry Hodgson.
2: Correct on the second count, not the first count.
1: Wow, well, they're 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 right at the top of the news. Maybe we'll just <laughs> d- d- dive right in there here. That's why you're here, Henry. But you should have been here before. It is nice to have people here in the podcast, the Chris Wessling Podcast Studio for the first time.
2: It feels like home. It's beautiful to be here,
1: and and Claybon back. We realized you hadn't even I don't think that did a podcast with us until last week in the studio either. Just
3: continuing my mission to sit in all of these chairs,
1: one by one. I'm sick of um, like the Zoom podcast, I, even when it's just me, you, and Dan doing it. Mark, and it, sometimes you got it because a life comes in, but that's not it.
4: I like the flexibility of it. Um, I'm with you. It has it grew tired in it in what it was um, doing them from home. I like. Also, Henry is wearing these all these official badges today.
2: I know. I just but before we just before we started, I said to Patrick, "No one else is wearing this. Should I take them off?" And he said, "No, just so that we could have this
3: conversation." You know what happened? Mm-hmm. To well, me? I just wanted you to be comfortable. Like, oh, whatever well, you wanted yeah, to do. Thank you.
4: I had my badge um in my car, which I did just keep it for easy access to get into the building. Right? Yeah. And my car was broken into um in my driveway, and I I, I discovered like all my wait you know, when. Car- Oh, just like it was, you know, a couple days ago, and like, but I my car isn't is a new, it's a new lease car, so I have nothing in it. So the robber was clearly annoyed because like they rifled through the papers and they took nothing except my NFL bet. No, yeah.
3: If if they would have done this a month ago or like before the super bowl that would have been an international incident.
4: Yeah. Been a problem. Right now and I'm not sure what they're aiming to do now but What but,
2: if for the show later the week in the week or or um, the TV show if if that person shows up
1: in your place? Right. I was and tries I saw kind show. of this sketchy a uh, guy, you know, middle-aged guy doing expenses and watching Ninjio at a random I mean, if, they, that was Mark. If, he, if he wants to do my uh share of work, I'd be absolutely fine with it. I, I can't believe you buried that lead. You didn't even mention that to us. I feel like you've had your car broken. I'm so unflappable that I, it wasn't even that something true, I'd though? bring up. That's That's happened more than once to you. What? Your car getting broken into. No, once. No? Okay. So that was you, Henry,
5: right? <laughs> Wasn't your car broken I'd, into? Maybe
1: it was Wes. He left. I've he left had my car life. broken into. Yeah, you
5: tweeted about this whole long I had a story. Whole
2: you had a I, whole I'm, car broken not in. Let's not go down that road. But
1: you wearing the lanyard actually, l- yeah, lanyards, I should say, because <laughs> Henry's got the ID and the, the like, close beeping contact thing. Yeah. beeping thing that shows if you're too close, which you, you are right now to Claybon. Yeah, uh, Inevitable. Wes That's would have all. hated this. Setup because he famously refused to wear a lanyard because uh, he thought it was a sign of the man winning. Exactly,
2: and, they, and and you know what? I was in exactly the same camp. Never wore the lanyard in the old office, on, and please. there was no, there was nothing. There was nothing else to go with. Yeah,
3: the, I'm, I will, in honor of Wes... I, I, yeah, you don't do it either. Drape the uh, the mic cable all the way all around. All the way around. around. Yeah. Just tighten it slowly <laughs> and through now the show.
5: This episode is going to be titled Lanyard.
4: <laughs> right, it's Lanyard.
3: I, I do enjoy it. how Mark just floated it out there that there was a break-in and potential NFL identity theft. (laughs) So when the random guy comes in in the next couple of weeks and he's like, hey, I'm a Marxist. Well, have you you
4: contacted
1: security at the NFL?
4: Absolutely. I I went through all the correct protocols.
1: (laughs) That reminds me of another story where where NFL security uh, famously called me into an office because they were worried that Wes might have drowned. Well... I mean, well, we can get into we, that story another time. I, Dan and I spent I, eight hours story driving the, around town we looking for him. Told the story him. on the podcast before, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, that was a crazy story. And it was like, nope. I just got a text from Wes uh, a few hours ago. He, he was also like, after we'd been pursuing yeah. him. I'm not
4: kidding. Like to the point where Dan and I hung out for three hours, going to all the haunts that we knew of where Wes would go. Wes ultimately was just annoyed at Dan and I that we were <laughs>
1: had, had gone on the pursuit. He was snooping he like, on. It's like I'm an adult like Wes and Dan were like, what? Go check out every like dive bar on the West side. Oh, yeah. Like we're okay. there. We're his best we'll friends. We're going to do this. Greg,
4: yeah. you, you don't you're we, not needed. We did it for Wes's friendship. <laughs> no, you were on a different part of the case.
1: You were. <laughs> uh, but of course, Henry is here because the Miami Dolphins are front and center uh, with the news. It, it has finally slowed down, I would say, the uh free agency frenzy this was the, the big news item over the last two days but otherwise it has quieted down that's a dangerous thing but I'm, I'm excited to talk about this dolphins uh news and so let's get into it ricky
5: Erica really making stuff happen random conversation over a hibiscus cooler in the huddle the next thing i am on this text chain <laughs>
1: That was uh, Henry's text uh, to our nice. <laughs> short-lived group text of this particular combination of our show. That, that was beautiful. That, that was, was good exactly producing. That's how I speak as well. That was great producing by Ricky. She saw Henry. Uh, she she thought he'd be a great addition to the show, and it was a great idea because who better to talk about a Tyreek Hill trade? And, oh, by the way, the Teron Armstead signing, uh, the number one overall free agent on uh, the Top 101 on NFL.com also happened, but the Tyreek, Hill trade is the headliner. It's the stunner. They gave up a lot to get him, Henry. They gave up a first round pick, a second round pick, two fourths, and a six. And oh, by the way, gave him uh, the biggest contract ever. Depending on how you want to measure it for a wide receiver, but certainly in terms of guaranteed money, it basically comes down to twenty five a year for the next. Three years, They aren't going all in on this season, but they are going all in on Tyreek Hill and what the next few years of Tyreek Hill could be in this offense. What was your reaction as a Dolphins fan, Henry?
2: I was excited because the Dolphins have been trapped in, in you know, like 1997 for a long time um, in terms of the offense that they put on the field. And while every other team in the league seems to be, you know, like marching towards the next millennium the dolphins were definitely very stuck in the 90s the best the best offensive player they've had in the last 20 years is ricky williams and that's not that's not exaggeration that's nothing Come that's on. Ju- they have not had t- tell me a
3: superstar they've had on offense says Gre- that's, that's aronde gaston slander
1: ricky was good <laughs> I, mean, I don't even know if ricky was Better than Reggie Bush as a Dolphin. He's
2: Reggie Bush had like two good years in Miami. But this that is exciting. True? That's, sad. that's sad. I would sad. say
1: Jalen Waddle would be then. And, but that's a bit of a projection. That's a projection. Right? A, a, a so, bit. Not much of one. I feel like I'm confident.
2: And, and Exactly. And I think that's why I'm excited because suddenly in the last couple of weeks, yes, Tyreek kills the headline, um, but they've added a ton of speed to that offense. And all of a sudden, and you've got Mike McDaniel, who I definitely believe can do something and again move that from 1997 to, to <laughs> at least current times um, and push the whole thing and make them exciting to watch. It hasn't been like the, the Dolphins, as a Dolphins fan, you've had to be like, yeah, but we've got a pretty good defense. And that's all you've been able to say for the last 20 years. And you've had some Jason Taylors and Zach Thomases and people to to kind of support that. But right now, this is exciting because for the first time, I'm
3: looking forward to them having the ball rather than trying to stop the team that has the ball. Celine Dion's uh, falling into you. All of 1997 catching strays <laughs> from him uh, today. I, I my reaction was that this 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 can work. Um, honestly, you have to add in the Teron Armstead circumstance to the entire situation because he's anchored some of the best offenses in the football for the past uh, 15 to 17 years and it makes everything viable like everything where you would say oh you know the Dolphins have got some nice pieces but I don't know if this all works with Teron Armstead there even though Tua's left handed it works it it, it simply works because he's going to have the opportunity to be successful regardless of whether or not you think he can do it he will at least have the opportunity which is more than a lot of quarterbacks uh, can say but Listening to Ian and Mike talk about the pursuit of Tyree Kill yesterday from the Jets and the Dolphins, it made me think about both Mike McDaniel and Robert Sala being on the other sideline in hard, in Hard Rock Stadium, where Tyree Kill is yep. taking the dream of the rest of their life away. Uh, they'll mm. they'll be in banquets eating you know stale chicken talking about the win and the Super Bowl and Jimmy G and everything coming back uh, to San- to to Santa Clara and that didn't happen specifically because of what Tyree Kill can do on the dang and so they were traumatized and yep. they would like to have him on their team ruining somebody else's life and uh, Mike McDaniel pulled it off
1: it was very expensive wait can we talk about the elephant you know, there room is here there Ricky is, yeah. keeps showing a cl- extreme close up. <laughs> Of claybon The choker.
5: The, the choker, choker <laughs> around the neck. It's
1: just, he's got is the just too wire much. around her neck. Yeah, it's a yeah, little. No, we'll
2: keep tightening it. It's a <laughs> little, well, it, I'll put
3: it directly in my it's, face.
1: It's a little distracting. It's a little too much okay, for me. Okay. Very tight one shot. My, my, my.
2: He's so beautiful. I mean, he, right. we, we'd rather no, look at him no than one's the rest of you guys. No one is
1: complacent. It's just it's, so tight. Though. This is one of the most <laughs> handsome uh, sides of our podcast table we've ever had with with Henry Hodgson and Claybond. Well,
3: yeah, one part, literally.
1: It definitely is. I mean, that's Dan is also very handsome,
4: but it's the power combo of the two of you. I, I that side's nice as well. No, it's it is. Fine. It's fantastic. Fine. It's struggling, it's struggling. It I love. it. I think this is like reminds me of exactly what Shanahan did when he went to San Francisco from Atlanta. It was like use that first mm-hmm. free agency period to bum rush and bring everyone in you can that fits your offense. And the Dolphins, if anything, have been active. They have been so focused on getting his offense up to speed. It had to be the offensive line. I hope this doesn't give like Mike Wallace vibes, though, because the one thing (laughs) about Tyreek Hill is like the Chiefs decided... He's not Mike Wallace. No, I mean, he is a completely different special player, but you're signing up for this part of his career at a massive price tag in an offense where I think the big issue could be the kind of player that Tua is. like—he's yep. not a deep ball passer. We know that. And so they're going to have to use Tyreek Hill, and that's where you do have trust in Mike McDaniel in a way that totally maximizes him if the quarterback isn't maybe a perfect fit. I mean, it's obviously, we all
1: know it, an acid test season for, for Tua. Yeah, I want to get back to the Jets uh, in their offseason and the, and the Chiefs and what's next. But when you look at McDaniel with this group and thinking about the that Falcons team, for instance, that Kyle Shanahan had... That team was about speed. Wes loved that team. It was a really unique one because it was one of the first that kind of looked at it like, we need four receivers. Yep. Yeah, we got Julio. And in this case, you know Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell are both worthy of being called number one type of receivers. But we need four of them. And they've they've got Devontae Parker, who I think's a really. I useful think role. I think
2: Devontae Parker will be within the next week. I think Devontae Parker will be gone. They signed Cedric Wilson. I was I was sitting yeah, excited but why not about Cedric. Wilson?
1: He, Parker does something different than those guys. He's a physical deep receiver, but he does
2: win it win at one. a cost. And I think if he's your fourth receiver, and he probably is the fourth receiver Wilson on that would team,
1: be fourth, I would say, yeah. I, I
2: think you might find Devonte Parker gone, and uh, maybe they maybe they draft someone. It's a deep draft for
3: receivers. Maybe they find that. That role um, at a cheaper price point. But the thing is, the context on that cost has changed this offseason just True. a little bit. So it, it doesn't look as bad as it, as it used to, considering, like, if you look elsewhere in the state, right, in, in terms of what Christian Kirk or like like a C Jones <laughs> are, are really getting, like, Devontae's not hurting you. Back.
1: Right. The, the receivers making eight, nine, ten. like even Corey Davis's contract to me looks much better this year than it did a, a year ago. But that, that Falcons team was all about speed. Like Taylor Gabriel, Tevin Coleman, uh, it's certainly Sanu and Jones did different things. When McDaniel talked about how Jalen Waddle was going to have a great season at the Combine, he was very clear about it. He's just like, there's no magic to it. It's just like, get your extremely talented players the ball as many times as possible. And that was what he was good at doing with Debo in San Francisco and his other playmakers in San Francisco and even the running backs in space in San Francisco. And I think they'll do a good job with Chase Edmonds and Raheem Moster uh, with that in Miami. You don't necessarily need guys going deep to take advantage of their speed. That was one of the things that Henry Ruggs, you know, was good at in college and was starting to get good at in the pros. You don't need to go deep to like take advantage of 4-2 right. speed. You need to get them the ball in space and and have blockers in situations that they can make plays. And Waddle and Tyreek Hill to me are so similar in, in a lot of ways that, I don't know, man. I don't know how you can exactly defend those guys because they both are going to be guys you would love to send to defenders towards
2: but and then you've got Raheem Mostert you've got Chase Edmonds who are both some of the faster running backs in the league and who are great at running routes and and catching the ball you've got Mike Gasicki who's who's a fast I like attempt. Mike
1: Gasicki I forgot about him I think the whole the him.
2: whole package is great the elephant in the room is is Tua and can he drive that car or is he going to crash it and that that's the question that needs to be answered over they, the next their draft
4: situation though an season from now is fine yep and so if they needed to make a change They'd be in actually a really good place. So it's kind of you know I hate to think about to uh spending another campaign where there are all these sort of whisper ideas of who could replace them that you dealt with that all
1: last season. Right. Well, he's you gonna know. face it this season. Teddy Bridgewater was asked Will. in his press conference, "Were you uh, told you were gonna uh, be the backup?" This? And Teddy was like, "I don't want to talk about it. I'm not even saying this as a bit. I don't want to like, talk." I, about he it. said yeah. he did not want to say what Mike McDaniel said to him because I bet Mike McDaniel said look man if you are clearly the best quarterback on the team at some point like you're gonna play we're gonna give you that opportunity why wouldn't he say that right
3: why why wouldn't anybody say that right Tua is not Baker Mayfield he's not Carson Wentz I don't think it matters I honestly don't think it matters that it's like oh this guy came in and he might be better than me so I'm bad now I think that's I think it's a pointless idea. I think it's completely vapid. I think you're going to get from Tua what you get from Tua in the first place. Um, But no defensive coordinator in America is going to say, Oh well, you know, if Jalen or or Tyreek get behind us, then that's okay because Tua can't throw the ball that far. You still have to cover the guys, right? Like, right. You still have to have I, the people there, and and as Hank mentioned, with Raheem Mostert doing what he can do, I, I think he's still over uh, five and a half yards a carry for right. his career. Um,
1: and Edmonds, I love it. If,
3: if you're run, if you're backpedaling to have to be concerned about those guys. Then you're you're going to be soft on the edges, and and they're going to get you. I, I, I love. And
1: any quarterback can throw it wide open. Two and got all up in their feelings because I sent a joke out about <laughs> you know how the Dolphins are building up this powerhouse for Teddy. That was even before. Well, Tyree I think killed. you believe that. No, it's it's a joke. <laughs> I actually, and Henry knows this. I think I'm higher than consensus on Tua how he's been so far and how he can be as a pro. I always thought he was going to be a bit of a slow burn in terms of the things that he does well are going to take time to develop. Uh, Mentally, I think he's going to... Get better and better. He's always already so advanced in terms of going through his progressions, getting the ball out quickly, being decisive. Like that's what Tua does well, and it doesn't pop off the screen. It's a li- he's been compared to a Drew Brees, and Drew Brees wasn't popping off the screen early. I'm not saying he's going to get to that, but guys like that, guys like an Alex Smith, who have to win a little differently. Like I think it takes them a little time to develop because they're not as talented. He's just not as physically talented, but he is excellent at quick game stuff. Like, I don't need to see anymore. He's already a mid-level-ish starting quarterback because he has a very clear strength. And I think that strength matches up very well with Mike McDaniel. It just happens to be like the same strength that Teddy has, essentially. They're very similar players. And Tua, I think, has a higher ceiling now because we've seen a lot of Teddy. And he might have like a slightly lower floor then Teddy, and you're going to get to see it because I think this offensive line will be better. Not because it's Terrar Armstead only. You got to be as good as like your worst two or three guys because of the coaching. Offensive line, yep. I think, is about coaching and they've had terrible coaching and I think the coaching will be better. And I think Tua is really set up to succeed. So calm down, anon. I think you're going to be fine because he's going to be good.
2: I, I would just support you on that one. To and on, Greg is a closet Dolphins fan. Has been for I many ha, I years. Have he was a big, big Ryan Tannehill supporter. Greg is is in uh, you know, a
1: love, big Brian love, love Flores guy. I thought they were Greg. very watchable. My, Mark enjoyed that 2019 or 2020 Dolphins experience. You were into the sure. Flores Yes, team. I did. <laughs> at,
3: at, at least we know who's Where? calling the plays now.
1: At
2: right. Least, yeah, least I least think that's that not matters. A
4: history. That was a that was a total hot mess the way that they handled that and 100%. and it got worse and worse because there was a third figure involved who was essentially working with Tua because the other two Would, uh, couldn't coordinators yeah. couldn't have a
1: relationship. The interesting
2: with him. thing is one of that three is still on the team coaching a position so I don't know how he's mm-hmm. going to be feeling about not calling plays or not. Right, I'm not putting a lot into
1: McDaniel just like being good and just like assuming. Oh yeah, he's the next Shanahan, or like he's gonna be the next Lafleur and oh, yeah. Like you still gotta, you still gotta do that. You gotta overcome w- what a lot of coaches have not been able to in Miami, which is a culture of l- losing for a long time. Like they, I feel like when a team doesn't get over the hump for twenty something years, there is a fundamental reason for that. And Brian Flores pointed out some of those reasons on his way out the door. And so McDaniel's still gonna have to overcome all that and that's a concern but they're going to be fun to watch. I would just say McDan
4: like for I I like the overall scenario but McDaniel is brought into a situation where he is paired with the general manager who's been in that building forever and has the owner's ear over everyone else. And he's paired with a quarterback he didn't pick. So there are parts here sure. that could maybe go a little ill. And, I, you know, I want to project it positively mm. if you have. Thank you say. very much,
2: Mark. And, uh, you know, again, April is a wonderful time. No one has to be <laughs> on the field. Everything looks beautiful. It's all on paper. I Guarantee you, I'll be disappointed in October. But I'm just <laughs> enjoying this moment, and if you'd allow me to do that, that would
1: be. Yeah, great. I remember the first time. I think, I, or one of the first times, I was slacking a lot with Henry. I wrote an article in 2012, my first year at the NFL. I still was working in the NFL. I mean, in New York, and in the crowned the offseason champion. I thought it might be like a an annual bit. I think I only did it once. And the Miami Dolphins were that year's offseason. Well, that was Mike
2: champion. Wallace. I that think. was Mike and Wallace. And followed up, Mario, up with Mario a with the second one with with Sue.
1: But Um, off-season championships are so much better now. They include awesome players like Teron Armstead and Tyreek Hill, and a lot more. Like the NFL has just been different. If Dan was hosting the show, we would have moved on to the next topic. We have got to move on. Ten minutes ago, I do want to say though, the Jets (laughs) have—that is is on
4: my radar. This is like
1: the only important news item. The rest of them we can go through quickly. They, the the Jets have lost out on a, a lot of these little. Uh, sweepstakes, and uh, I I think they've had a good off season in terms of the guys that they've added, but I think they're disappointed with missing some big swings. Marcus Williams, this one. There's been a handful of them, and then the Chiefs' decision to trade Tyreek Hill. I think we should just talk about because like they're the team that matters out of these two teams over the last year. They over the last few years, they are the dominant team in the NFL right now. You know, with Patrick Mahomes, they have two overtime AFC championship losses, a Super Bowl loss and a title in the last 4 years, and they're deciding to move on from their core piece, I would say their most important piece behind Mahomes along with Travis Kelsey. I found that really fascinating because at some point they made the decision to move on. Yes, they were offering him a big contract and they would have been happy to keep him. I don't think it says any I don't necessarily think it says anything about Tyreek Hill, but at some point they kind of decided this isn't worth it for the amount we can get for Tyreek Hill. We'd actually rather get rid of him because if they wanted to, they could have signed him to that contract and kept him and they decided not to.
3: I see your point. I don't take it quite that far. I, I think it's not a, global statement on the value of a Tyreek Hill but you mentioned the amount of success that they've all had together there's so much tape of the Kansas City Chiefs and Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes teams have built their entire roster structure in order to stop this team I think it could be a case of the Chiefs trying to zig uh, now that everybody else is zagged to deal with that particular offense, and we saw it uh, the way that they covered the Chiefs, the way that they covered Tyreek Hill, perhaps they thought
1: uh, there might be diminishing returns. That that's that's what's going into it right. too. He's getting older, and he, they got a ton. I I thought they got a totally fair value. Great I think home. it was I think it was a win for the Dolphins, but I I thought the Chiefs made it sort of made sense to me somehow, even though it was getting rid of Tyreek Hill because of what they got and because of the cap situation. Well, they're banking on Patrick Mahomes. Working well with whoever's in at wide receiver,
4: that actually has not. It's not as if they've drafted guys who are who have already passed through the system and they didn't flourish the way that some projected. They haven't found the next Tyreek Hill when they've looked for that kind of speed. So there, I saw stuff yesterday where I the, like the the football world was getting a little too excited about what the Chiefs did, in my opinion, because I like the fact that they. Re, it's forward thinking, and I think it was shrewd because if you give Tyreek Hill that money. We've seen that video game, and we know it works. We know that they can dominate teams with Tyreek Hill, with Mahomes, with Kelsey. You're banking on the fact that you're going to go find a crop of other receivers this offseason that can. They have to equal what Tyreek Hill gives you. There's other ways to do that. We trust Andy Reid, too. But part of me just feels like this was what the Chiefs were. You're taking a major piece out of the puzzle, and good teams rebuild, reload, and they find the next Tyreek Hill. I mean, we've seen the Patriots over the years do this 100 times and sell high on a player, and then 3 years later it's like the Dolphins made the mistake here. Tyreek Hill was good for 2 more seasons and then he got disgruntled and he's on another team.
2: Right. But I mean Tyreek Hill is hard to replace. It's one thing to say you're replacing a, you know, a, a number 1 receiver, but he's one of the 2 or 3 non-quarterback best you know, we- weapons, skill, position, guys that can score from any point on the field. There aren't many of those guys out there, so I think trying to say we're going to go draft that guy is pretty difficult. But they didn't—they didn't mean to draft Tyreek Kill when they drafted Tyreek Kill. Right, they were the ones that across stood, it,
1: stood by him when he was. Under investigation from the NFL, under investigation from authorities, and they ended up giving him an, another contract. Pretty soon after that, this was the moment they decided, okay, it's been a great partnership, but maybe now it's time to have a divorce. I, I find that interesting, and I think they they are confident in their organization, especially offensively, that they can fill it in. That it's not a exactly. Time.
3: Well, oh, good luck to them, because as, as we all indicated, there's there's not a lot of people on the planet that can get the football anywhere on the field, and it's he might score. It, it makes the margins so slim right? for it. Yep, there's
1: also not a lot – there's almost no one in, on the planet that can get the ball too tight too anywhere on the in, field. in anywhere yeah. on the field. For some of those big sure. plays, uh, it was the combination. It'll be fascinating uh, to see the Chiefs this year. I do not like that they – like their odds somehow changed for the AFC West title and their Super Bowl odds changed. That's where I think it's going a little too far. We've gone too far on this topic. Let's take a quick break.
0: Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All
1: right. Now we got to, you know, just zoom through this. Sorry to Taron Armstead, you know, like the number that's one funny. guy. He'll
3: be, he'll be, he's really good. He's been really good for he's a while. He's been
1: time. really good. He's missed a lot of time, and that's the only reason why he was as relatively cheap as he was. Uh, he's still got a lot of guaranteed money, but not maybe the huge, like, record setting contract that some people expected, but that's because he's missed. Five games on average for about five years. So that's that's something they have to think about. Baker Mayfield um, has been in the news, but not really. It's been just about how teams aren't going after Baker Mayfield it's almost felt like a piling on like the Panthers kind of put it out there quickly that they weren't going to go after him and then we got uh the classic reporting from my old colleague at Pro Football Talk uh, Aaron Wilson who said that the Panthers and Baker had mutual disinterest <laughs> in each other <laughs> which definitely felt like uh, oh this girl like doesn't like me well I don't like yeah, her exactly. either like that it just wasn't a great um moment I feel like in this Tough Baker Mayfield offseason. There was a report uh, from Mary Kate Cabot that the, maybe the Seahawks would be in at the right price. I Where else like, is that? I that's, feel like that's, that's been it in the that's location it, right? that made sense to begin with.
4: And if you're if you're interested even vaguely in Baker Mayfield, you do the opposite of what the Washington Commanders did, which was, you know, panic and overpay for something that has question marks attached right. to it. So sit around early. and wait. Right. So early on that <laughs> sit and wait because the Browns are gonna have to give him it's a salary it's a, it's it's essentially like we not we need to get Baker Mayfield's salary off our books and so that you know their ability to trade him for value is just lower and lower and the landing spots are lower and lower and there's a draft coming up why go get Baker Mayfield if you're the Seahawks right. if you want to go get Malik Willis or someone else it's like Baker Mayfield's going to have to sit and wait I think for a landing spot the reason he and Jimmy G will is because invariably 3 to 4 quarterbacks will their bodies shattered in August and then you can sell high
2: I don't think it'll take till August. I think because it'll be the because draft. I, but I, I, think, sure, I after think the, the draft, draft. But I think even during the draft. But I think it could be a case of of the Seahawks
1: saying to the Browns, "We'll take it. Send us a pick." rather than the other way that, around. See, that seems crazy to me. I also saw something it, that the Panthers didn't think that he was a big enough upgrade on, Sa- a, a, a significant upgrade on Sam Darnold. It's like, this is the this is the organization that brought you the decisions to guarantee Sam Darnold <laughs> two years. He is a significant upgrade he on Sam Darnold. On I don't necessarily buy that he's like a great idea for them. Uh, and maybe even they put it out there so that they can just offer a fifth round pick during the draft and, and happily get him for cheap. But... He's let's I'm I'm pushing back on like let's not go too far on that Baker's a total bum. He's an NFL quarterback. Sam Darnold is a total bum. Well, wow. I think also total like terrible bum. They're, total they're, bum. Wow. He's one of the worst starting quarterbacks <laughs> who's had his amount of starts since we've been doing this. There's, there's, just, some, there's something else <laughs> going on with there. not a question. Too.
3: You give Greg an opportunity to to pull back on the shifter <laughs> and he like jams it in the third gear.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's are you? Are you? No. At this point, he should not be starting any NFL, any NFL games where it's like Baker Mayfield should be starting NFL games. Yeah. I'm totally with it's you. Like, I don't believe
2: you, that Sam Darnold will be
3: starting NFL okay. games either. Though I, I would right. put They're it past the NFL for Sam Darnold yeah. to be starting right. in 2022 somewhere. I, I I do think right because it doesn't matter to me. I, I think the whole idea is yeah. is pointless of like <laughs> Baker Mayfield being a bad influence in the locker room and so like you can't have him around a, a rookie quarterback. I don't think it's true. But I think some teams might because they're these people come from a different era. And if you're going to draft a rookie quarterback, maybe they think, well, Baker's going to come in mm. and frown and then he's not going to be good at football anymore, which, again, is, that's a, dumb. is a dumb idea. Yeah. But I think some teams might believe that, as Mark said. I think-
1: Well, they might believe that, that he doesn't engender uh, consistent goodwill from his teammates, which you want out of your quarterback. Well, I would ask this. Like, so good, with
4: all that's happened, who,
1: how many Browns players—
4: Tweeted publicly at Baker Mayfield, we love you, we support you. There's, it, uh, I'm not saying none, but it's been, it's been a whisper, and it's just like I think the teams post OBJ and why he left and what happened with all that that was about as messy as possible for Baker Mayfield. His stock has dropped as far as any quarterbacks in the league. I mean, it's kind of stunning where we were two weeks ago when we talked to Tony Grossi. With a poss- the possibility that the Browns would go maybe be looking for a Derek Carr instead of Baker Mayfield. Instead, everything happened the way right. it did, and Baker Mayfield has no
1: job right now. I think he can repair his reputation, though, but it comes with winning. Seattle's perfect. Comes with, Seattle's com- exactly. perfect. I just feel like if he gets there, they, they're going to be annoyed. Pete Carroll does not want to rebuild. There's something in me that just like believes that Pete Carroll's going to cook up these like close game win magic where he, the running game actually does work, and and it's like no one believed in us, and Baker's saying no one believed in us. And it's like they go 10-7, and seven, but it's actually above expectations. I see it.
3: But why would Baker needs to be somewhere where things are opened up, right? And he's not handing the ball off a lot, and he he has an opportunity uh, to spread it around. Like I don't I don't know if that, I guess. If, that if that's Seattle. Let Baker I think, bake, you mean?
1: Yeah, did you, I don't know. I think but, yeah, I think having two talented receivers that you can, he's not going to throw the ball that much, but when he does, there's a. a wasn't that it the actually, situation in Cleveland? It, it actually fits in. Okay, two good receivers, yeah. not going to throw the ball that much. That it. was yeah. Cleveland. Yeah. It actually fits in.
3: I, I just wonder about the plan in Cleveland when Baker was clearly injured, not hurt, like he was clearly injured, and it was severely affecting his ability to throw the football. And he's he wow. kept playing.
1: Never right? thought Cleveland would just be such a Baker. I'm,
3: I'm not. I'm not back. defending. I'm. I'm just wondering why you continued to play him and why Case Keenum was the backup and why when your quarterback was playing objectively horrible football. Yeah. You didn't find a better option for a team with players that could have contended, but ultimately couldn't because the quarterback was so bad.
1: Yeah, that's on them. <laughs> I, I agree with that. Um I've been very critical of the Patriots offseason in general. It's just like bringing back all your old favorites, James White and Matthew Slater, who who I love, uh, but nothing other than that. But I got to say all that criticism is over now because Malcolm Butler is back on the Patriots (laughs) two-year deal. One of my favorite players in NFL history, certainly Patriots history, and uh, has had... Ups and downs in his career, made a lot of money, personal problems. And I, I'm not even joking here. I am so happy that Malcolm Butler is back with the Patriots that I don't care about the rest. They can go 6-11. and 11. I, love I, I would I like love to you, have Matthew been
2: a, a fly on the wall with that in that meeting with Belichick, where it's like, well, let's go back over what happened
3: on that in that Super Bowl, where well, wasn't it play me? Wasn't it Matt Patricia that he had the beef with? Yes, uh, has, who's also back there. Matt, Matt Patricia
4: is like deeply ensconced in the in the procedure at this point right. in the program.
3: Yeah, and he he left, and he since had beef with more people, and so I wonder if they've both grown uh, after the pre-Super Bowl incident.
1: I I hope so. And, I hope so. And and Belichick will probably be asked that question again. But can he still he's play? And it. Malcolm Butler was a, <laughs> is, was a sweet guy. And what he, happened with him from where he came from and what he turned his career into? Where he was really good on the Titans for for seasons. He was up and down, but he had pretty high moments. Uh, and he's had ups and downs. And he had some pretty serious sounding personal issues that uh, prevented him from playing football. Uh, a year ago, so I I love this story. I'm glad he's back, and uh, I don't know. My my Walker was such a big J C Jackson fan. Maybe I'll get him a Malcolm Butler shirt because I'm a big fan, and it's got to work out. He's their number one cornerback now. By the way, he really might be. I'm not even. <laughs> I'm not joking. I, if that,
4: but it, but if, if I told you in December, that would be where, where we were
1: in middle March. All right, do you think the Patriots have had a good offseason? I think it's they're gonna have. I think they're gonna continue to add players because, as I've mentioned on this show... I mean, they gave away Shaq Mason for, like, a bag of spoons. Like, that I was, found that a head-scratcher, that was I mean, but I, I don't know. Their top uh, outside corners are Jalen Mills and Malcolm Butler right now. I think they're going to continue to add a lot of players, and there are a lot of players available. Around 40 guys from the 101 still available, and plenty of other, like, professionals that uh, are not on the 101. That they, they can have.
4: also keep giving away players, because that, that seems to be part of the plan this
3: the is. spoons don't even match either they're no. from different sets and so you just put them in a bag and threw them in the Some
1: cabinet. are used <laughs> all right finally in the news uh surprising news this morning that a texas grand jury is considering another charge against deshaun watson this came as a, a big surprise because deshaun watson's lawyer said quote the criminal investigations have been completed so that was plural investigations said completed when he released a, uh, a public statement on this story uh, when the grand jury in Harris County declined to bring charges And that was now almost two weeks ago. Uh, we thought that that was it. There's been reporting since that the Browns were aware of this. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I call into question a lot of the reporting that's happened around Deshaun Watson just because we've now seen that it's been proven to be false. I don't think it even matters whether they knew it or not. But this this is another thing now that he's a member of the Browns that is sort of part of the experience with with Deshaun Watson. It was a 10th criminal complaint. It is one of the women um, that is also part of the 22 civil allegations. Uh, She told police that Watson ejaculated on her during a massage appointment And uh, they're expected to deliberate and issue, a decision Thursday or Friday. Deshaun Watson was expected to meet with the media on Friday. And that was the first thing I thought uh, was, will Deshaun Watson still be meeting with with the media on Friday?
4: (laughs) I mean, it's technically a—because I was like, wait, there's another grand jury? Because, I mean, I'm not—you know, legal
1: stuff sometimes not a— None of us we can yeah. understand this all fully, and it was very confusing.
4: Right. It happened in a different county, this this particular—that's why it is a separate grand jury. Um, I I also question, did the Browns or whoever, the Saints or the Falcons, know this was going to come up this week and, and at the timing that it has? I mean, there's more to be seen with Deshaun Watson. The other side of all this is that no matter what happens here— the NFL, still in the middle of their investigation deciding what to do with Deshaun Watson, could put him in the commissioner's list and he could not play all next season if, they, if that's what they felt comfortable with at their findings. I mean, it is you're ta- like the team that went and got him. You're taking on a big risk in terms of availability. You could see a lot of Jacoby Brissett next season.
2: I just don't understand how the Browns go, how this happens a week after he um, starts or signs with them. And how the Browns didn't know that this was coming because clearly, again, from you know they they weren't expecting one week into into their relationship with him for this to he's come
1: they're up saying is... they're saying they did know about it. Well, they well, they aren't saying they? anything no, no. publicly, and neither is Deshaun Watson's lawyers, which I think is at least for now t- telling. Uh, but there was reporting where Brown's sources, according to. ESPN, at least, is one place I saw that that they said they, they were aware of it.
3: Well, hopefully, uh, they're going through this process uh, independent of everything else that takes place, right? They've made a decision to have Deshaun Watson be their quarterback. Um, and now, it, it, from the league standpoint, from the Browns standpoint, from every team's standpoint, I, th- I think you just prioritize a way to have a conversation around sexual violence and sexual assault, right? And how to prevent this in the future, and not necessarily prioritizing PR or like, oh, well, we did this. And, and like, he's on the team now. Uh, how do you go forward? How do you address this?
1: Well, how do you address it when he, if he is still pushing back as uh, yeah. publicly in terms of that he right. didn't it, done anything wrong? It's the it's, truth it's, has come out. Yeah. I mean, and so, and
3: so that's, that's up to them to determine. Like, and, and not just, it's not just a, a Browns priority, it should be a league wide priority. And how do we approach this discussion around sexual violence and sexual assault?
1: Yeah. Um,
4: well and I think the league or at least portions of the league showed us what their priority was yep.
1: last week. Right. And exactly. it's it just is sort of coming with with this trade and I think you know Browns fans are already annoyed about it and upset about it because it's just so awkward that they they can't talk about in the same way bringing a a franchise-changing talent to their organization in the same way that they would want to. I saw saw this article in the Cleveland Plain Dealer last night that Bernie Kosar and, oh, who was it? The second-year cornerback on the, uh, Greg Newsom, were at, like, a a charity function, a celebration of the Browns, and so they were talking to fans, and it was, like, this event, and, like, Bernie Kosar and Greg Newsom did, did not know how to talk about it uh, didn't really want to talk about it. And they were just like, well, we're not comfortable talking about that right now. And Newsom said, even even as an answer to a question, like, is everyone fired up? And his answer was just like, well, we were fired up about the team we had and, and he adds to it. And it's just that that is part of what you're buying as part of this. And, and when you have a, a press conference scheduled for Friday and it's the day that this could be coming out, it's just like, here we go. That's just part of the equation.
3: No, you, you have to have some sort of organizational plan, not just in terms of this, but really in everything. Uh, you you would like to see it, this is this is the strategy. This is how we're going to approach this. Uh, these are the people we're, we're prioritizing in this conversation, and this is the result that we would like to get. But it, it's it, it seems like last minute adjusting to the news of yesterday constantly, and like statements, and and that's. Who knows?
1: Right. And who, we're look, believe me, play. we're like, we're sick of talking anything. about it. The the next segment uh on this show is almost directly related to Deshaun Watson, like we, I, it's not like we want to be scolds. and like the, this is why we got into you know talking about football is like we want to talk about this. It's like no, the, he and the Browns and just the the news of the day has given us no choice but to talk about it. I didn't think we would be talking about it today, but um, before we move on to that segment, which by the way I should have mentioned at the top, uh, Mark and Claybon <laughs> titled it. S- I'm f***ing excited to talk about. <laughs> So sorry, Ricky. It's a great that's, title. That's where we're going. She shakes her head. We're just going to have to. Uh, She's like an extra 12
2: but minutes. I, you like know what? An extra
1: th- 24 minutes, an extra 48 minutes. I, uh, uh, do we need another break in this show, Erica, or should we just go right to the segment? Let's go to the break.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better.
1: I'm f***ing excited about because (laughs) it's been a, a darker week than it should have been over the last two weeks in the NFL, considering that we have gotten the best trade tsunami in NFL history years after the original trade tsunami. It really arrived en masse. The NFL is now matching the NBA trade for trade in terms of big time players. It makes... NFL Now more entertaining. It makes these podcasts more entertaining. It makes my life better. And so I've been excited about that. And it also makes looking ahead to the 2022 season more exciting because now we can start thinking about these teams. So we wanted to get off all the doom and gloom and get to, like, what's going to bring us joy, what we're going to be excited about let's start with uh, henry how about you okay
2: i'll talk i mean i'll tell you some i'm fucking excited about greg <laughs> uh, and i know that we started the show talking about this dolphins high-powered offense but i'm i'm going to continue and i we don't need to dwell on it because we already did but i am fucking excited to watch that dolphins offense how it's going to be able to attack the field how mike mcdaniel this guy who you know they had a round of of introductions of free agents last week and they were re- uh, referred to him as a mastermind uh a genius a genius, a, a mega brain or something like that how he's going to use all these new pieces to attack the field to attack teams and just to again I started with this but just to make the team exciting to watch it's been it's been like you know like uh, punishment of some kind like on Sunday I, I get excited what about, about watching that football. game
1: where Brian Flores I think had you know cooked up Seven pick sixes against Jared. That's exciting, that exciting, but I like
2: it when that happens with the ball. That's kind of more easy to. What predict. about
4: Ryan Fitzpatrick? You know, running off the field with someone Shirtless. on his back. No, it's just like you know, picking back on him. It's fun. As they it's beat fun. Patriots. It's fun.
2: But those are moments that you've pulled out because those are actually like high points. I'm talking about just like on a consistent basis, being like, oh wow, they've got the ball. I'm excited to watch this rather than I'll, I'll
1: probably just uh, make a cup of. Coffee. What sluggish? about the game-winning yeah. touchdown from Cle- uh, Cleo Lemon to Greg all of these things I know <laughs> about what are we those attempting moments? to do? What, yeah. Like to Henry's not going to come around.
3: Hank on this, wants so. blowouts. I'm trying yeah. to Hank, get excited Hank, about. No. Hank right. would like to just tweet through a blowout. Like think about like, like Lamar blowing out the Dolphins no, right. a couple Dolphins of years more ago. fun. He would We're like basics. to not be worried about the outcome of the game at all and just exactly. enjoy watching football. I, exactly.
1: I agree with like it. the Thank basic you. football fans. Uh, feeling that offense is more exciting, more points is more exciting, more points, more rules that make more points is great. And I, I've never gotten sick of that. So I can imagine as a Dolphins fan, it's been a tough, it's been a tough couple of months. What, what are you excited about, Claybone?
3: I'm excited about some of these edge rushers changing spots um, and getting to... Places where they can affect the quarterback. I love the Buffalo Bills and Von Miller. Um, I I like it when older players uh, generate excitement in new fan bases, uh, especially after Matt Ryan catches a whole bunch of shade. And it's like we're all older than Matt Ryan. Like what are you saying about <laughs> what are you saying about all of us? Uh, but in, in like a sneaky part of things is Josh Allen has had so much of a burden in the run game in these past couple of years, and now Roger Saffold and OJ Howard come over. And and I think they can impact the game. Brian Dayball leaves. I think the Bills will be able to run the ball. And, and like, sorry, Hank. I wish I they had gotten Shady
4: McKissick, but <laughs> well, they got Duke Johnson. I, I like McKissick more, but I, but I it needed to do something there, so that worked.
3: Yeah, and it just it puts a team that has been a contender in a different light. And there's change yep. there. There's just change within all of these contenders, and that's what gets me excited. Where it's it's different but it's also the same. And we can kind of see the evolution of things and I'm excited about.
1: Buffalo was my number one thing. I was going to have you go next, but since since it's just jumping off of you, I, I'm with you that I like when superpowers who know how to do things change up just enough. And I think they have. Like, their moves have been so smart. Jamison Crowder replacing Cole Beasley. Love it. You give Isaiah McKenzie some money. Like that. Uh, Saffold with the run, the run game. You mentioned Vaughn. I like Duke Johnson. I like... As much as Brian Dable was great and they'll probably miss him, I just i just am excited to see a slightly different version of this Bills offense with these new pieces and Josh Allen. Like, what is next for him? I guess I'm stuck on those two playoff games being like two – best games I just about I've ever seen from, from a quarterback and what's going to be next and what they do. So this Bills team, I think, just been so smart with how they are trying to stay at the top because they really have been at the top now for a few years. And going into the season, to me, they are the AFC favorites. As good as the rest of the AFC looks and as exciting as it is in the AFC East, I think, will be better than it's been in a while. Like To me, the Bills are the favorites, and I'm excited about the moves that they mixed it up. I Gabriel the, the, Davis the, stepping up, too. Yeah, the Dolphins adding Tyreek Hill and in, set in general, like believing in their
4: coach and everything you talked about makes that division much more interesting than it was a season ago. I mean, it's just sort Agreed. of a trash heap for most of last year. And the
2: Bills are, uh, I mean, I agree with you guys both. I, I'm I'm excited about the Bills, even as a Dolphins fan, because that's a, that's a fun team to watch. And again, this is it's supposed to be fun. People will it's, not <laughs>
1: expect much from the Patriots now, which I like. That's where they've generally done their... Best work.
3: I'm also excited about the Okey Doke from the Pittsburgh Steelers, who have somehow mind tricked the entire planet into thinking that they're okay with Mitchell Trubisky starting all I of the do games like that. in 2022. Like There's got to be another chip What fall do you think there? it
1: is, Malik Willis or a, 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 a rookie. I think it's a rookie.
3: It's not what people. It's not Mitchell Trubisky for all of 2022. <laughs> I think it's a rookie. I
1: think it's a rookie.
4: They. I. I, I totally think they have to be. You'd be crazy to think that you're going to satisfy your fan base with the current plan. Wasn't <laughs> yeah. it
2: Mitchell Trubisky? Wasn't Mike Glennon thought he was the Bears quarterback, was at the Bears draft party being celebrated as Mitchell Trubisky um,
4: got drafted? Bingo. He,
2: Isn't he, that going to happen again now with Mitchell Trubisky at the Steelers
3: draft party when they dra- Don't they, go to these
1: parties. Yeah, don't these guys, go to a party. The
3: you know? difference is the Bears gave Mike Glennon $17 million <laughs> True, for <laughs> absolutely no reason. Uh,
1: what do you got,
4: Mark? Well, I know I know, uh, you know you some of the sh that we're fucking excited about is like generally positive, um, but I I do think that there is one more um, chapter of immense potential drama at the quarterback position, and I'm I'm not going to let this go until I hear otherwise, and it would have to come through a massive new contract, which I don't think the Arizona Cardinals are convinced they need to give Kyler Murray right now. Mm. And I'm just saying, if you get to that part where these sides cannot hang together, because Kyler Murray even just during this show tweeted out saying basically. I've done nothing but give my all to the Cardinals, Ooh. and will continue to do that. I'm not really too worried about my future as a Cardinal, saying that he would just let his agent handle all the money thing. That's cool. Does that really quell anything for me? Not at all. I think this is a massive holdout potential right here, and maybe a. You're looking forward to that? Kind of. Yeah. Well, that was kind a, of. It's, it was, it's like the last chapter to the most mad off season of time. It was actually
2: going to be some more. Shit. I was excited about Mark because I think next, you know, we've we've
1: you don't we've, have to like lean Aaron Rodgers,
2: Russell Wilson. We've the those stories have now ended and that was like stuff that had been building up over the last 12 18 months we're into a new round i think you've hit kyla i think lamar jackson is coming up to be a free agent next year i think there's going to be a whole nother round of people who are going to be dissatisfied disgruntled and we're going to spend i know this annoys you but we're going to spend the next 12 months talking about where they end up or, or what their futures might
1: hold but what it's an what exciting uh, time <laughs> but the difference with Kyler and Lamar or any of those other ones is Kyler's already put out a statement that it, essentially I read as I won't play without a new contract, and that and this is a team that's seemingly put out some bad stuff about Kyler. And yeah, it's very confusing. I don't know where it, where it goes though because I just can't. But you imagine-
4: know it, it's going to go somewhere ugly
1: where I do we think
3: at, at least we know the Cardinals have made an offer to Kyler Murray uh, and there's been some response there I don't even know if the Ravens have made an offer to Lamar
1: no there was a report um or actually I think they said it publicly the the reporting was it was close to 35 a year and that the Ravens have said we've been waiting for Lamar to engage and when when Lamar really wants to engage he will and there's doesn't a, he have no it, agent
3: it, If you're if you're waiting for him to engage and you've made an offer then the the answer was no then he's right. already engaged yeah, he with the he offer
1: He <laughs> seems pretty what, chill about it. It's the, just weird
3: it's weird for the team to imply that Lamar is like sitting there playing call of duty or elden ring or something that's, he's murray. Like leaving that's them- murray that
1: they imply is always playing video games. <laughs> but, but it's it's like he hey, really we're, is though will, i follow it, we'll it on instagram and he does he is playing a lot. it's like
3: we'll engage at lamar's pace so if, if you've made an offer and he doesn't like it then then that's that's what he, else is that's negotiation yeah. well the
1: conventional <laughs> Make another offer the the behind the scenes belief and i don't know how anyone can really get this information because lamar's representing himself but the belief, at least from Jason Lockenford at CBS, who's usually tied in with the Ravens, is that Lamar wants to play it out. That at least he sees that as a really viable option. And I totally get that. I think it's very risky, but he's going to make $19 million this year, which is way more than he's made in his any any other year, certainly. It's certainly enough to to live off for the rest of your life and you want to make money, but if you believe in yourself like Lamar Jackson does, he thinks that going the Kirk Cousins route... Getting to the tag, maybe even doing the tag twice, which, by the way, is going to be about the same guaranteed money for two years as you're going to get in your first two years of a long-term deal, is the way to go. Because the only way to have the most power and most money that any quarterback has ever had in the history of football will be to go that route.
4: I mean, Kirk Cousins
1: has I like $200 million. Dollars. Right, like, Cousins you know. is the example because yeah. he's kind of gotten there. He's made as much or more money than almost any quarterback in the last seven years, and that's Kirk Cousins. Imagine you'd do that if you're Lamar.
3: Yeah. If, if Eric DaCosta would like to prevent that, then he could probably make a better Right,
1: offer. he could. I well, I think what you're saying, and I think it's fair, is that the Ravens might look at that and be like, bet. Like, okay, we'll we'll do that, and we'll just like, isn't
4: we'll it different though it than like the the obviously the Josh Allen situation where the organization is totally hell bent on resigning him? Yeah, at all. it's like this doesn't get bo-
1: me excited about. This is not the stuff that gives me joy though. contracts Sorry. All right. Well. Sorry. All right. What? Well, how about? Uh, I'm I'm showing my my Patriots homerism, but I mm. really do like the idea of Josh McDaniels running this Raiders offense, and I think it's gotten lost in the shuffle a little bit weirdly because McDaniels has been below the radar, I guess, just in terms of, like, big stories in terms of what his impact's going to be. He hasn't,
3: he hasn't left the team yet, I guess. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> but it's going to be a totally different offense. I mean, he, he's very, very different from uh, John Gruden. He's certainly different from Greg Olson, other guys Derek Carr has worked with. I think he's a really good game planner. I think he does a good job of not putting players in position to do things they don't do well. I think he deserves not... not a lot of credit for Tom Brady's success, uh, but some for the way that they approach things and the way Mac Jones got into the league. And I and I just look at these guys that they have. Devontae Adams is as impressive a dude, like listening to him at a press conference as as there can possibly be. Derek Carr is an impressive guy. He he's very intelligent. Darren Waller is an impressive guy. Hunter Renfro, all these guys to me just like scream football smart and and real life smart and i think Josh McDaniels is a great coach for them and i, I just think they're going to be more fun to watch as an offense and they're going to be dynamic and i think McDaniels is a key part to that helping those guys maximize what they do and i think like the raiders are going to be a primetime team that i'm more excited to watch than the last few years where it's just like okay I don't hate it they're not the giants but I'm not excited it's mostly about me and the primetime games and I think the raiders are going to deliver cuz of Josh well I not just th- cuz of Josh but he's going to be part of it does
2: that mean the AFC West gets more primetime games with all those additions than the NFC
4: East this year <laughs> no, that that is a coin toss with we the hope. way this operates we hope.
3: We're going to see right? more. The Carson North is going to get a
1: lot because the North is hot right now for sure. If the Bengals are the third favorites in Vegas, like that's a spicy division. People are giving up on the Steelers too quick, too. That's a hot division. But I think the AFC West, yeah, number one along with the. AFC.
4: I mean, but to your point, Henry, like. They're they're not even looking at what makes sense. It's like, it's the NFC NFC. East. And they're all offensive teams to me. Like, that's what I want to watch.
3: Well, I have the Nielsen box data from 2007, (laughs) and so this means the game's more exciting. I think Chandler Jones makes that. More sure. exciting, yeah. That's me. exciting too. It, because we've seen a good Raiders offense, but then there's been a sieve on the other they, side.
1: Okay, but here's how they were good: is by getting third and three over and over on six-minute, eighty-four-yard <laughs> drives that they either get a field goal or like they get the fourth try of of Josh Jacobs True. on third and goal. Like that, they haven't been exciting. I think they could be exciting. Herbert's exciting. The Chiefs are exciting. Who am I forgetting? And the Broncos Russell have Russell Wilson. Like that's offense.
4: I mean the Broncos have Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett, which I think is he was gonna be one of mine because it's like that this could go really, really well, but you're also in the AFC West and all these AFC West teams have to go play the NFC West. So it's going to be Russell Wilson with his new team versus all his old friends and foes and Ooh, former team, which I love. Good. I think Nathaniel Hackett, as much as I find him totally delightful whenever he speaks, um, I also <laughs> want to see what, how, what is, how does he respond? Because he seems like such an almost childlike, bubbly individual. Like, what if they're one in four and things are going poorly? Do you get a different, darker version of Hackett <laughs> that is equally
1: quotable? So, I mean, these are things that I am genuinely excited about. Dark Hackett. <laughs> He he does seem like the like super excited head coach where the losing maybe takes a toll on him like Right. Yeah. I don't know if he'll be like full Adam that would be That would be sad. Would be sad. <laughs> full it, You'd feel you never for go him full because gaze. he's such a positive seeming individual.
2: You would feel for him as long as he handles it in the right way.
1: Like, I'm trying to think <laughs> of some coaches that have been like that Dave McGinnis. I don't know if you remember him as, mm-hmm. as a head Cardinals. coach. Cardinals. Just like a happy guy. that How about
4: like Pete Carroll kept... his first time around? And he Dennis was so Green, nice,
1: you know? Dennis Green, when it started going dark in each one of his places. Mm-hmm. Like, that didn't. That man didn't want to be unhappy, but you made him unhappy. Uh, My well, friend what, Jim what, Tom Sula. Yeah, that was a nice man. A nice well, a, man,
2: sad, a nice <laughs> man <laughs> yeah. happy man. Sadly, things didn't work out.
1: Uh Claiborne, anything else that's going to bring you some joy? I, uh, I'm giving, like, the PG title of this.
3: Yes. Yeah, well, I, I didn't want to give Eric any more work. Just guys coming back. Um, even even Baker. Um, the injury rate in this league is is so high. And there's always, whenever you talk about, people always want you to give a caveat. Well, if they stay healthy, it's literally an aspect of the human condition. Like, we could use that caveat for everybody. <laughs> so, like, even somebody like Jalen Waddle, right, who was who was let eight months off of a broken ankle last year. Like, he gets a full, healthy offseason. I'm thinking about all the guys that were out. Um, I'm excited for, for Hurt guys to come back and get an opportunity, some of them with new teams. Um, so I'm excited about that.
1: I, I'm going to throw out this, the second-year quarterbacks uh, just generally. Like, that, this was as hyped up a draft class of quarterbacks a, as there had been in, in a while. And as rookies, you, you know, maybe they didn't get everyone as excited as you as you thought you would be other than Mac Jones, who I think, I think probably over uh, performed in terms of expectations, but I'm excited about year two Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones can get better. Justin Fields is a name and the bears are a team that we just haven't said in two months. Like I'm, Cautious. I'm nervous a little bit about the offensive staff and the talent that they have around them, but I'm excited to watch Justin Fields play a full season of football, and especially after that Urban Meyer story the last week, I'm excited <laughs> to watch Trevor Lawrence play with like a legitimate head coach. These were guys we were thrilled about. They should be better in this next season. It's a league fully about quarterbacks, and like they, I am excited about that.
3: I, it, I am also piggybacking on that. Excited that there's no group of young men that have to operate at the behest of Urban Meyer this year. Yes just, right. I'm Anywhere on, on a, that nowhere right.
4: like it's like oh guess what you might perform better if your coach doesn't ditch the plane home to bump and grind to wager set at the steakhouse <laughs> <Seriously. he owns. laughs> possible
1: all right i think that was a lot of things do we have I've, any i've got one more <laughs> if okay. i can greg yeah, i am mark, very excited it's got a lot highlighted actually so i want no, to I, rip through. i
4: actually uh we must there must be some group think going on here because i had some that you also mentioned okay. so
2: well I'll, I'll throw one more out there sorry mark to jump in into into yours um There are five international games this year um, being played in in London, in Mexico City, and then for the first time in Germany, in Munich. And... In the past, you know, obviously fans have shown up to those games, had an amazing time. You guys have had the chance to be there. Patrick, one day we hope you would be able to join us as hey, well. Uh-oh, you know, breaking news. Please,
1: <laughs> send Claybon to Germany with us. Exactly,
2: full stadiums of excited fans. But you could probably say that the product on the field wasn't you know, quite as exciting as it could be. The teams in London, the, the Packers who are coming for the first time to London, the Saints, a Jacksonville Jaguars team without Urban Meyer, the, in Mexico City um, the uh, Arizona Cardinals and then in Munich the Tampa Bay Buccaneers good teams mm-hmm. I've been a- allowed a to be ahead. part of the, the, the conversations around those matchups as well there are some exciting games heading international. Yeah. Can that you give us, then. Can
1: you give like a little hint? I can't. And around the NFL, I can't exclusive. because I don't know
2: what it for sure will happen, and I would hate to lead people <laughs> in the wrong direction. But I, want to, I mean, I can say without any uh, anything where it's, I'm not being transparent, those are excited. There are going to be some really mm. exciting international matchups,
1: and we're, we're starting the campaign. Send around the NFL, including Claybon, You have to include all of that in the um, hashtag to Germany. That's <laughs> evolved because
2: last week it was send Greg to Germany very specifically. That's
1: not true. We talked about yeah. it. I, it was, I was, it saying, was all about Greg's background. Um, well, I thought that was a good hook. Look, I know they're not sending me without the, the team, and I wouldn't want that anyways. But, yes, I um, – and my first-generation German descendant. So my family was there for hundreds of years. It, it really is a connection here. You said you and Wes uh, had family back in Germany. The name Sessler is German yeah. and so, comes and from a place called Wesseling. Right. And there's and there's, a, there's place a place called so – exactly. it's so, just like yeah. – Wow. Yeah. Maybe we could do a live show from Wesseling. I feel like – That's a great idea. Let's do all this. And before we go, though, I do want, Mark, you to um, – do the, the one about Ewan McGregor that is well orange, I, we orange didn't, highlighter. We didn't strike. Uh, Greg, you, that is green, by the way. I know you're co-
4: a bit colorblind. <laughs> oh. Color is green, but I appreciate that. I'm um, colorblind. Because <laughs> you
1: send out these Instagram stories, a lot of Ewan McGregor, a lot of Nicole Kidman. I want to hear what you're excited about.
4: I think Ewan McGregor is one of the... For me, he is like my top one or two or three actors ever. And he's playing Obi Wan Kenobi, and it's a bit of a nerdy thing, but I thought he was done wrong. Clavon I don't know. In those prequels, yes. he was done wrong. Yes. And he's coming back now in a thing where apparently, you know, competent people wrote the story and he uh, the only thing I, I find strange is that Al, Al Guinness who played Obi-Wan like a solid 12 years after this version of o, Ewan McGregor looks 27 years older than oh, you. Ewan well, McGregor is like it's like it's like, it's like a Top Gun the sequel doesn't work because like he's Top Gun it's like Tom Cruise still looks 37 and Kelly McGinnis from the first one looks 72 in real life so it's like they had to recast the whole ouch. thing anyways uh, well no I mean it's it's
1: McGinnis taking fire in a big <laughs> spot uh, I, uh, I, think, think. I
3: think maybe it's just Hair and, and styling has, has probably sure. changed yes. a little yep. bit but I am excited because I've always said the prequels which I love and people are starting to appreciate the prequels even more I, I think now not
4: myself but yeah other people are yes. <laughs> even
3: but, more but they've always they, they've always the dialogue was like a Wikipedia article about Star Wars lore which of course I would read but now we, we get, uh, Ewan has a chance with some better dialogue, and, and mm. I'm looking forward to that as
4: well. He deserves it. I beat.
2: bumped into Ewan McGregor on a hike in Topango. You have got ago. to be kidding me. And I was I, I didn't say anything to him, I, but we, was, we were on a very narrow path, and I was like, oh, here comes, um, Ewan McGregor. He nodded and was like, hey. Yeah, we nodded. We <laughs> nodded at each other. That was it. I think I said good morning. I've
4: known you, you for like, like a be- decade, and you've never told me that story. <laughs> I mean, it's
2: not a very good
1: story, it's a it great is an story. excellent story. Really?
4: It's like my favorite thing you've ever told me. Okay.
1: Did you look at him and think, okay, top three Mark actors. At that
2: point, Mark posted less often about you and McGregor.
1: Known for his looks, but then you looked at him and you thought, like, I'm taller and better looking than him. No, I didn't. Chris. You didn't think that. Did
2: if you? I'd bumped into Winslet or DiCaprio, I would have. I would have made reference to Mark. But all right, well, but, we're
1: making headway.
3: Were you elevated at the time? Did you have a chance to like tell him that you had the high ground or something? Because
2: <laughs> no,
4: I don't. We were like
2: it was. It was a very narrow path, and we had to squeeze. I think past of him as
1: short-ish. Him. Maybe not short, but definitely Henry is. got to be taller. Than I
2: was him. taller than him, but I, I didn't notice whether he was short
1: or not. Well, this is more <laughs> Star Wars and you and McGregor talk than Dan would have allowed. If he by was the was way, gonna tell you something about Dan.
4: About eight minutes before the show, I got like a string of this typically a Greg move, but a string of butt dials from Dan. I thought he was (laughs) like trying to reach me, and I kept putting the phone on speaker, and it was like clearly sounds from Disneyland where he is. I could hear like rides or something in the background, but it's like, "Are you all right, Dan? Are you all right at Disney World?" We don't know.
1: Then then communication went totally dark. All right, um, before we go, I just saw a Slack from Erica from 15 minutes ago. Uh, and I just wouldn't feel right before giving her a chance to talk about some sh- She's f***ing excited about.
5: Wow, thank you. Um, <laughs> I, it was Broncos related, but, but Mark took it, so we're definitely feeling the same way. I couldn't think of a team last season that I was less interested in, in watching. And the Broncos was that team. In it, you think about you know the Commanders, there's some other teams. But for some reason for me, the Broncos were the last. They were 32 of 32 that I would want to if watch. They
1: were, they were in the middle. I yeah. mean, I, I had a certain interest in them. Yeah, yeah, they just,
5: I could I loved all, you know, their receiving core and everything. I just could not get behind it with, with the quarterbacks and the Fangio experience and and everything. So I'm really excited to watch them this year with Russell Wilson, like Mark said, with a with new head coach and experience. We're not dealing with the quarterback shuffle and like to really see this team become interesting.
1: Yeah. Good, yeah. good, fun, young talent. I, I'm with you in terms of. I thought like, that paired that. very well with my comments. You did it yeah, like, yeah. yeah. It, Just, together, very complimentary. I, and and Fangio hasn't quite taken you know an urban look. Urban Meyer level, you know, shots from the athletic. But there have been a handful of comments from former defensive players who said that Vic Fangio's way of dealing with younger athletes maybe didn't match up with uh, the type of respect uh, that they would and should be afforded. Uh, that lines as, up as stunning as, news to as us. As young professionals. <laughs> it sounds like the defensive players who are pretty good and 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 didn't exactly max out their talent, weren't exactly loving the Fangio experience, so maybe they won't miss him too much. Uh, I will miss uh, all you guys. What a fun show. Uh, Sorry for making you uh, beep out all that work there, Erica.
5: No, it's cool. It was a fun segment. But I think we're
1: going to be bringing back (laughs) shit we're (laughs) fucking excited to talk about (laughs) one more time. Uh, We do have the Around the NFL broadcast on Friday. Check that out. It's going to be Mark, Colleen, and I. And uh, that's on NFL Network, I believe, at 3 p.m. P- Eastern, noon Pacific. And there's some re-airs unless gigantic news blows up the show, like it did a year, a week ago. Then you don't get the reairs. People like did not ago. see our
4: final, incredible final um, E and F block segment. That's true. Really?
1: The lost. We were, for, e and F yeah, we were lost. 40 minutes into our show when the Deshaun Watson news uh, broke, and uh, and that's fine. I don't know if they were our best work, to be honest. Uh, no, it, it dragged. It they, wasn't a great they episode. Can't, they can't be all home runs. They really can't. Uh, this was fun, though. This was one of our best. Heck, yeah. Good. We, was- we miss uh, Dan. He will be back on Monday. Uh, until then, this has been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs> <laughs> For uh, Mark Sessler, Handsome Hank, Patrick Claibon, see you Monday. Please heed that call. Shout out to you, Shark.